Lab Rats. Welcome to Send This to Trace. I'm Hannah. I'm Emily. And we're two best friends who are recapping one of our favorite shows, CSI Crime Scene Investigation. Join us as we make our way through the top 50 ranked episodes and get a heaping dose of 2000s nostalgia along the way. Let's get to it! Woo! That won't go right. <laughs> Welcome back to Send This to Trace, everybody. What's hope, up, guys? We hope you're doing good and happy Tuesday. Yeah. We'll, we'll get through the week. Don't worry about it. You're doing great. That's what I want to tell you today. You are doing great at work this week, and you're going to make it to Friday. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> We're all working for Friday. All working for Friday. So, Emily, how are you doing this week? Oh, you know, just doing good. Doing good. Yeah. Just living it up. Scooting along. Living the dream here. Yes. Really I'm excited about the weather starting to actually be nice it's and warming up where we crappy. live down here yeah down under <laughs> we don't live down there we sorry no. <laughs> we're in the in, we, we live in the south if you couldn't tell from our from my 20 ass so far yes. <laughs> hannah's a little more educated than i am now okay whenever i'm around <laughs> emily my accent goes way deep <laughs> I'll bring it out ever. I don't talk this way yeah. at home. But anyway. Although in my job, I do try to stay professional and talk not as twangy. Yeah. Okay. It's like so, a customer service voice kind of thing. Now, I I don't like the stereotype that Southern accents are uneducated or not smart. Oh, yeah. No, I said that just like, to be No, silly. you're good. <laughs> it's like a societal thing, and I don't like it. It is, yeah. I don't like it at all. I promise we are educated. You talk how you want. We do have degrees. Talk, we how went to college. talk how your your region has you talk. Yes, absolutely. That's good. Well, I guess let's get into the episode. So, yeah, we're two episodes... Whoa, excuse me. We're two episodes into season two now. This is our second episode. What, what? This, this is the episode immediately following the one that we just did. So, yes. we have Slaves of Las Vegas, and now we're jumping right into And Then There Were None, which is season two, episode nine. And this episode is ranked 49th. So we're right above the bottom. Really? Yeah. We're so playing a like, lot in the lower numbers. Yeah, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, but like uh, with season one, we had two episodes back to back and they were just one one off from each other yeah. on the list. So now this has got a few in between. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. So um, yeah. We're still I'm, in the 40s. I'm like really excited about how we rank this once mm-hmm. we get through this whole process. I know that's going to be um, on down the road. It'll be a while. But, uh, but it's just... It, each time that we do this and we figure out like where it's at on the list, mm-hmm. it makes me even more excited. Yeah, like every time I'm like, I know, okay. I just wait. <laughs> yes. Alrighty. Well, I guess we don't have anywhere to where have we gone? Where or where are we? <laughs> That's what we're gonna do from now on. <laughs> we don't have any where are we because this is the next episode, so we're right on task. So we're kind of following character wise, mm-hmm. like on we're all, all down up to the date. line. Yes. All right, so I guess we'll jump right into the summary of And Then There Were None, Season 2, Episode 9. So there's technically two cases, right? But uh, there's a little plot twist. You'll you'll figure out. It's two cases, but it's one case. Yes. So, here we go. Yes. This episode opens on a bustling Vegas casino where lots of tourists are winning it big. The casino security guards mill through the patrons collecting the money. Three not-at-all-conspicuous-looking women enter the casino and open fire. Oh, good lord. Chaos ensues, and once everything is calmed down, five security guards and one shooter are dead. 
The two other shooters took around $250,000 from the lockboxes that the guards had with them. Grissom removes a wig from the dead shooter's from the dead shooter's head, revealing him to be male. Oh, so they were dressed up, yes, like real disguised, yeah, dressed up like women. Which that's okay. Offensive. So I'm just kidding. <laughs> their quote unquote disguises were so bad. I mean, <laughs> the wigs and there I'm were not sunglasses surprised. inside with like trench coats. I'm like, if you saw a group of women, if you're not gonna be obvious. Like, like you what do we do better than that? But yeah. anyway, we'll we'll get to That's it. That's funny. Yeah. The team begins their investigation. Brass tells Grissom that a similar casino robbery in Laughlin, and Grissom believes that they that that robbery might have been a practice round. Mm. The two of them interview the casino's manager, Mr. Duncan, who says that the whole thing started when one of the assailants shot down a chandelier, which the team concludes was meant to distract the guards long enough to shoot them and take the money. Mr. Duncan is. <laughs> His name's something else. I think his name's Max or whatever, but I just call him Mr. Duncan because from Home Alone 2, Mr. Duncan's toy chest. It just makes oh, me think of that. yes. Yes. I'm Mr. Duncan. Even though this guy quite is this far real from Mr. Duncan, but yeah. anyhow. Yes. Brass's witness interviews yield hardly any usable information, with each account contradicting the next. Warwick has more luck with shell casings, determining that the gun used in the robbery was a forty-five. Nick, meanwhile, interviews the, va- the valet, who said that an old beige car with its hazards on was parked outside and sped away. Nick finds transmission fluid where the car was parked and notes that it's brown, which is, quote-unquote, the wrong color. Mm, okay. Oh, the dead, the, uh, the shooter that died on mm-hmm. the floor, whenever Kristen took the wig off, it looked like Greg. <gasps> no. Yes. No. And I thought, like I was like, did they just use the actor that <laughs> Greg? They better not and have. I just like him. No, he, he is really like. Right. No, we can, we gotta protect Greg. Okay. He's really funny. We just can't do anyway. that. <laughs> so during the autopsy on the shooter, Doc identifies the dead robber as Adam Brower. He also finds that the bullet that killed Brower was a forty-five. Dun, dun, dun. The casino security guards only carried nine millimeters, mm. so this leads Grissom to believe that Brower was shot by one of the other assailants. Oh, somebody! Somebody has turned their back on Mr. Brower here. Yes. So Warwick obtains the casino's security footage and finds all three shooters on the video. They are each wearing long coats in different colors: blue, red, and black. The shooter in the blue coat is Brower. The one in the red coat is clearly another man dressed as a woman. He's got like an Adam's apple and some scruff and all that stuff. So, like, it's a man. <laughs> but the one in the black coat does not have an Adam's apple or stubble. So it mm. seems like it's a woman dressed as a woman, if that makes sense, with a wig and everything. Right. Okay. To disguise yes. her own, mm-hmm. like, <clears throat> per- like, person. Yes. Yeah. Nick's transmission fluid comes back as the wrong one for that vehicle. In a super detailed monologue, Nick (laughs) explains that this would cause the car to lose its second gear quickly. They believe it was likely dumped not long after the heist for that reason. Work and Brass take this time to search Adam Brower's apartment where they find additional wigs and bras. Yeah, Nick went a little ham on that uh, transmission fluid thing. A little bit. He was like... (laughs) Well, it's like, well, this means this, and da-da-da-da. And I, well, I thought they were going to make fun of him for it, but they didn't. <laughs> the boy's from Texas, okay? He's a motorhead. He knows all about the cars, okay? It was really funny. <laughs> oh, my God. When you're passionate about something, it just kind of shows sometimes. <laughs> uh, whenever they're talking about how everybody's statements are conflicting each other, mm-hmm. 
uh, Grissom talks about like, oh, there was this professor at Harvard who like did this study where he uh, had a bunch of his students watch a basketball game and count how many times the ball was passed and write it down to see what answers he would get. Oh, wow. And at halfway through the ball game, there was a, he, the professor had a gorilla walk across the court and only like half of the students saw the gorilla because they were so busy concentrating on the, uh, what you call it? The ball, the ball, ball passing. Yeah. So Brass says this line and it made me giggle. That's wonderful, Gil. If I see a gorilla, I'll arrest it. <laughs> Leave it to Brass to be a smart ass because I just love how his like nonchalant kind of just oh okay thank you Captain Obvious. If I like, see a gorilla, I'll arrest him. So let me take mental note of that. I'm like come on, like don't tell me a story now. Please. I think I think Brass's character is pretty funny too. It's it's I actually develop like developing through compared to like season one. I feel yeah. like he's a little more like spunky mm-hmm. like as we go. So. We learn a little bit more about him and his family too. Oh that's true. Yeah. So yeah. Meanwhile, way outside of town, Catherine and Sarah are called to a murder at a convenience store in Calnavari, which I'm assuming is around where all of those three states meet. It's like California, Nevada, and Arizona. Oh, well, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I never really put that together. I didn't put that together. together until I started like writing the summary, and I was like, oh, Calnavari. Yeah. And it's a town of around 20 residents. When they arrive, the state trooper tells them that the store's clerk has been killed and the cash register has been emptied. Inside the store, potato is found all over the floor, and Catherine (laughs) believes it was used as a makeshift silencer. The floor of the convenience store is also carpeted, which is disgusting. Oh. I wrote down, a carpeted convenience store? What the... Like, I don't know what's worse, uh, that or a, um, having carpet in the bathroom. Like, just... Both. So disgusting. Why would you do that? Yeah. Um... Sarah discovers that the last customer came by almost eight hours ago and likely flipped the open sign to closed outside. Catherine is able to lift some usable prints from the sign. The security camera by the front door is, of course, fake. However, the pair find shoe prints on the counter where someone hopped over to get the cash. After they electrostatically lift the footprints, they appear to be very small, meaning that they most likely belong to a minor or a woman. Which I love when that. Sorry. No, you're good. I, I just love when they do that. Like when I know. they like do technology. Yeah, no, and we've seen the electrostatic footprint lifter before in a previous mm-hmm. episode. In our yep. first episode, I think, mm-hmm. that we did. Mm-hmm. Once they begin analyzing their evidence, it's determined that the shoe prints are definitely female, and the prints from the open and closed sign are from the state trooper who responded to the scene. However, a print from the cash register comes back as belonging to Tammy Felton, a woman from a previous case that Catherine remembers well. Catherine says that Tammy never acts alone and that someone else must have been involved in the murder. Do you remember the episode about Tammy Felton? I don't think I saw it. I think it's from season one. That name sounds familiar, but I'd have to look. And She's got like the red curly hair. Yeah? Mm-hmm. And it showed like a flashback scene with her and Catherine, but... I don't know. Like, I, I did not remember seeing it. But Catherine seems very invested in her as oh, a person. Oh, okay. Like, okay. She seems I'd have like, to, I had to, like, really think about that, like, and see. Like, she seems um, like she knows her. Because, like, Tammy's kind of, like, a troublemaker and, like, a drifter. And she just, like, her parents don't know where she is and all of that stuff. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. I think that's in one of the episodes. Yeah. Because yeah. they showed up. They sh- in their flashback, it seemed like it was, like, filmed. Because some of it, um, all these episodes are, like, meshing together. Mm-hmm. Um, because we're, like sporadically doing some in the season yeah and that that i was wondering why that name sounded familiar whenever she come in and said that so mm-hmm. yeah 
And for the shoe prints, I wrote down, so Warwick has to search books and binders for what a Chuck Taylor sneaker looks like, but Sarah can just <laughs> use her computer system. <laughs> And, like, brings it up immediately. Like, work, you did not have to do that. Yes. He's a little extra. Oh, man. I feel like Sarah's a little more technical... Like technical than Warwick She's is. She's a little savvy, yeah. But Warwick likes the high end stuff. Mm-hmm. Like from one of the episodes, I think he used like this little um, detector. Like it's like bukoodles of money yeah. to get that. And uh, Grissom is like, why don't you just do this experiment? It costs ten dollars. Right. Like, so yeah. I think Warwick <laughs> just like really just overshoots his nice, shot. Nice things. Yeah. He's got taste. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, don't worry, we haven't forgotten the casino heist. Going back to that. Yes. <laughs> Greg calls Grissom and Catherine into his office and says that he found potato on the bullet that killed Adam Brower, our casino shooter. So, Catherine shares about the potato silencer at the convenience store and the cases begin to connect. So, this is how we go from two cases down to one. Uh-huh. Sarah identifies another print from the convenience store as belonging to Darren Hansen, a man who used to know Tammy's father. Catherine calls Darren and Tammy a Bonnie and Clyde. So it seems like the two of them are in this together. Canoodling together. Yes, they're canoodling and they're killing people, as one does. So, oh, Tammy looks like Victoria from Twilight. Yes. It's not, but it looks like her. Oh, yeah. They have the same hair. Like, she looks like the Brass Dallas Howard version of Victoria (laughs) from the later movies. Anyway, if you're you're a Twilight person, you'll understand. Yes, yes. Bobby from Ballistics confirms that both the convenience store bullet and the one from Adam Brower are from the same gun. The team is called to the scene of an abandoned vehicle that matches the description by the valet of the casino, and it's been dumped on the side of the highway. Nick and Brass find motorcycle tire treads leading away from it. Inside the trunk, Grissom and Catherine find Tammy Felton's body. So Tammy's dead. Whoa. She's in the back of this car that sped away from the casino. Mm. Doc finds that Tammy was strangled, and her body shows no signs of defensive wounds, meaning that she didn't fight back. And Catherine believes that this means that Darren Hansen is responsible for killing Tammy since he was the only person she ever trusted, which Mm. is really sad. Right, because there was no defensive wounds. Yeah. Like... I guess prominent uh, defensive wounds. Mm-hmm. So, so we're down to just a couple of people now. Slowly, these people start getting picked off, mm-hmm. which is the episode title. And then there were none as a callback to Agatha Christie, where okay. people in the book slowly start dying one by one. Oh. So I love this episode title. Look at you. Love it very yes, much. Yes. Agatha Christie's one of my girls. Yes. So. Warwick pulls dust off of the abandoned car that matches dust found on Adam Brower. Greg determines it to be silica dust, which Grissom says comes from a mine outside of Kalnabari. At the mine, Grissom sees an abandoned motorbike and a porta potty. Oh, a porter john. Inside. And yes, in the South, we call it a porter potty. They're, they're porta potties. Yes, they I can <laughs> never say porta john. That does, it's, it's not natural. No, it's a porta potty. Inside. And they're disgusting. On the toilet. While pooping is Darren Hansen, shot dead with a forty-five caliber bullet. Oh, that's bullet. a terrible way to go. I don't know that he was pooping, but in my brain you know, he was, and because it just makes me giggle. I mean, if you're saying so it's very much like uh, Tywin Lannister. I know you've not seen Game of Thrones, but Tywin Lannister <laughs> dies on the toilet oh. in Game of Thrones as well. So, well, well, it's a little callback. That's a that's a bad day. So with Darren dead, who is left as the killer with all the casino shooters dead now? Like who killed Darren? And who has the money? Where is the money? 
where to go. There's too many people, like too many hands in the pot. A lot of hands in the pot. Yeah. So the team gathers to reassess. Grissom determines that the only one in position to kill Adam, according to the casino footage, was Darren. And Darren was also found to have murdered Tammy. So Darren seems to have wanted to kill the other two and keep the entire pot of money for himself. But things don't add up. Why would the group rob a convenience store for just a little bit of money before they're about to head to a big casino and steal thousands of dollars? Right. And there's nobody left to have shot Darren on the potty. <laughs> we have no more people. people. They're, they're all dead. Yeah. Warwick, fresh off the phone with the CSI team who analyzed the first casino robbery, reveals that there were four assailants at that scene. After a rewatch of that casino's footage, the team notices that the manager, Mr. Duncan, ducks out of the way before the chandelier is even shot down. Oh. So he gets out of the way before any chaos even So it's happens. like an inside job. Yes. Like to, yeah. Funnily enough, Mr. Duncan was working at the first casino when it was robbed before. So oh. Mr. Duncan is arrested and Catherine sees silica dust on his car. <laughs> La. <laughs> While being, while being questioned, Duncan admits that he helped the group rob the casino, but he insists that he did not kill Darren at the mine. He says he went to the mine to get his share, but that Darren was already dead on the potty when he got there. And you're not going to do anything about it, you dingling? I know, he's like, a dummy. You're just as guilty. <laughs> he tells the group that he quote-unquote only met Darren, not the other three, meaning that there are four people involved in addition to Duncan. Oh. So we got more people involved in this Lord case. Lord mercy. Someone else is still free with the cash and a forty-five gun. Archie, the AV guy, we love Archie, <laughs> in a feat of video editing that is pretty much superhuman, <laughs> reviews the footage from the first casino robbery and recreates the face of the fourth assailant. assailant. This is underneath the glasses and this is impossible. But Sarah <laughs> recognizes the face as the convenience store clerk who was murdered before the Vegas heist. But since he was murdered before that heist, there is still somebody else out there who killed Darren. So what we have here is we've got our very, very first casino robbery that our CSI team was not involved with. Uh Four people were involved in that one. The the store clerk from the convenience store and the three other people that are dead now. Duncan just helped them get in and know when to do the heist. Right. So they've killed this guy to keep his share, the convenience store clerk, and now they've got all of their money. But there's still somebody out there who's been killing all of them. And we don't know who that is yet. Right. They're still like, they're kind of going in as, as a set mm-hmm. and adding the person that's involved with the place that they're robbing. Yep. And then like, so now there's, there's still a person, a person at large. Still somebody out there. Yeah. So Bobby from ballistics narrows down the oh, 45 Bobby. gun to a small list of owners in Nevada. And Catherine recognizes one name from this list. The state trooper who was waiting at the convenience store when she and Sarah arrived to process. <gasps> Officer <Candle>. Spencer. What? <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Once Officer Spencer's arrested, the entire story comes out. So, Officer Spencer was driving his usual route when he heard guns firing from the convenience store and went to investigate. He walked in on Darren and Tammy shooting the clerk and robbing the place. Tammy offered to let Spencer in on the money once the heist was done mm. in exchange for letting them do it. But Officer Spencer got greedy. Silica dust on his shoes shows that he was at the mine and shot Darren on the potty. The team... (laughs) Sorry, I'm so immature. He shot him on the potty. On the potty. The team finds a trail of dust leading to Spencer's locker where they find the money hidden under the panel inside. He said that he finally saw a way to not be a loser who never caught any breaks. 
Except that's now he's arrested and in prison. Pretty pathetic. Like, see, that's what's awful is that money will really change a person. Yeah, like this this guy was just doing his job, never done anything like this before. And then once you wave that money in front of his nose, he becomes mm-hmm. a murderer. And granted, he didn't kill the clerk. He didn't kill Tammy. Darren was planning on doing this first, but this guy was like, no, 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 I'm going to up you. Right, yeah. So yeah. it's he kind of... Tried to outsmart mm-hmm. the the original gang. Which, yeah, that um, were planning did. on killing each other anyway to get the money. Right, yeah. It just, it sucks because it, especially when it comes to like somebody in law enforcement, it mm-hmm. comes very political and then money's involved and then it just gets all hairy from there. It yeah. just, it's, it's crazy. It's wild. So, yeah. So, that's the end of that episode and it was a wild one. We got all kinds of people in here that could have done it. It reminded me of Unfriendly Skies. Oh, yeah, we're like, yeah. there were so many people There's involved. so many people involved. And um, it's, nobody wants to tell the truth. Everybody's pointing the finger. Everybody's, or they're turning up dead. <laughs> yes, or, or they're turning up dead. It's, it, it was, I, I agree, it was pretty wild. Um, pretty crazy. Pretty crazy episode. For sure. So, let's jump into fashion. Fashion. If we will. Mm-hmm. So, there's a guy at the casino. He's in a very split second, like, little thing mm-hmm. and he's winning big he's wearing a white t-shirt with a puka shell necklace oh dear. and a short sleeve like button down that everybody used to wear and he just looks straight out of 2001 <laughs> and it, it caught me so off guard that i wrote him down yeah uh, well the main character when you said the the white t-shirt and the necklace like bingo mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah it's pretty standard yes that's a standard uh standard wardrobe there <laughs> Sarah is also wearing this like tie dye shirt at the convenience store, and I loved it. I thought she looked really cool. Oh it's, yeah, like coming back in for sure. So I was here for that. Yeah, it's uh like we we've, we've said before, like the fashion two thousands is trying to find its find its happy medium. Yes, and everybody has their own style, of course. But yeah, Sarah's still working on hers, but she'll get there. Yeah, <laughs> she'll eventually get there. Yes. And Catherine wears this like floral shirt and like these dress pants when they're out in the desert looking at that abandoned car. And she looks awesome. She looks so professional. And her like, put together. I was like, yes, her God. demeanor. I've noticed like the confidence that she exudes mm-hmm. is showing in her clothes too. Yeah. So going back to uh, season one where she was wearing that shirt that like every time she uh-huh. moved it like popped up like drove me nuts. <laughs> like I feel like she's just like growing into herself of like a very uh, substantial woman in in this industry. Like yeah, it she just, looks the part. Yeah. Is yeah. Absolutely. And, like, she's in it for, like, a lot of good reasons. Yeah. And it's not just for, like, status. Did you have anything else for fashion that didn't involve Greg? Because I'm getting That didn't involve Greg. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, because I agree that uh, Catherine is really stepping up her game. Uh, Nick, Warwick, and Grissom are pretty plain Jane. They are. They don't change very Um, much. They haven't changed. Except for, like we've said before, Nick... Is getting a little wild with the parachute pants at the mm-hmm. beginning and that little comb over deal that he had. Please don't ever do that again. No, um, I'm so thankful that he's was keeping just his hair episode. short. Um, and Warwick is pretty plain Jane, so we don't really. I wrote down a note about Warwick. There's one scene where he's like looking at the footage of the uh, casino. Mm-hmm. His eyes are beautiful. He is. They he does have really pretty so eyes. pretty yeah. and like just. I don't even know what color they are because they've got kind of changed a little bit. Right, yeah. It depends but, on, like, the setting that they have him in. Yeah. Like, whether his, I noticed that, too. Eyes. Yeah, throughout the episodes, I've noticed that his eyes are really pretty. Like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> we can, we can uh, yes. excuse the wardrobe uh, for the eyeballs. For those eyes. Yeah. So, 
we'll just jump into House Greg this time. How's so Greg doing? <laughs> oh, Greg. So I want to play this little clip from this episode <laughs> where Nick walks in, <laughs> where Nick walks in on Greg reading a magazine called Sand and Surf. <laughs> oh dear. And it kind of goes like this. It's very great. You're a surfer now? Dude, I ripped. 300 miles from the nearest beach. Surfing is just a state of mind. <laughs> He's not wrong. Dude, I ripped. <laughs> See, and that's what I love about Greg's personality is that he tries to be this like really wild and I know. person and in all reality he's, he's just, very, just not he's just he's just a weird person and but his personality just like just beams and I absolutely love it me too yeah it's so funny embrace so that personality <laughs> yeah duh Mix. also he his fashion is bad this episode it's just bad oh dear so not even his like crazy shirts we we got past the crazy shirts he's wearing these like dad sneakers with like white socks that you can like dad socks and these really baggy like boot cut jeans or like kind of like flare jeans that everybody was wearing and they're so baggy at the bottom and it just doesn't like we need to stop no also his hair is doing this kind of like funky like it's like shaved around the sides and it's kind of like poofy on the top it's kind of like (laughs) if you've ever this is so niche nobody's gonna get this but like my one of my favorite uh musical theaters characters name is moritz and he has hair like that in the musical that I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. And it's also, like, I think it comes from Eraserhead, if you've ever seen Eraserhead. I've not seen the movie, but I, like, know what it looks like. He just looks yeah, like a mad so. scientist. Oh, dear. <laughs> no, he it, it was it's, not doing anything. Yeah. It wasn't quite as bad as Eraserhead or Moritz, but it... But still, for, like, his character, we're like, whoa. It was, it, was a, like, it was a choice. Like, yeah, somebody went heavy on that choice. <laughs> yeah, so, Greg, Greg bless his heart, that's... Oh, that's dear. where he is this that's episode. He, other than that, he didn't really do much. Yeah, I noticed that like in some of these episodes, he's like kind of sprinkled in, but his his kind of, his personality's kind of dulled down. He's a little sprinkled. Um, so he's still getting sprinkles. Okay, mm-hmm. we we like the sprinkles. Um, but yeah, no, I noticed that he, um, yeah, kind of like they fluctuate him throughout the episodes, mm-hmm. and he's it's still great. It doesn't yeah. matter what he's doing; he's still great. So yeah. There was also a point that I forgot to mention where Warwick is going over the car and getting the dust off to determine it as silica dust. Mm-hmm. And he, like, does his white glove and, like, puts it down the, uh, the car and, like, holds it up to Nick. And Nick says this, which I thought was great. I'm not pulling it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, weird choice of words there. I'm not pulling it. <laughs> okay. Oh, my gosh. But yeah, no, I feel like uh, Nick and Warwick's personalities are, they're not as like random anymore, but like they're still, they're they're still like more compatible as a romance. So I'm loving it. I love them so much. Yes. So I'm going to move on to does this hold up? We got some wind going on out there. Yeah. Look at that. Is it supposed to rain today? Yeah. Look at us at the old people that we are. Oh, is, is it supposed to it's rain? It's supposed to rain right about now. Let me look at my weather app and see. I am an old soul. Chance of rain for, for the sure. next hour. Of course it is. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. So, does this hold up? The technology in this episode is kind of an interesting thing. Yeah. It's Some of it works. Some of it does not work. The electrostatic footprint thing we know is a thing from before. On point. That works. That is fine. Yes. 
the camera footage in this episode is not good. They, it's wear me out, really. I mean, I know they've got good technology because they're a crown lab and they've got those resources. However, I don't know that 2001 had those resources. That's true. <laughs> to be yeah, able to zoom in so far on this grainy video and be able to clear it up to where you can, like, identify a person. Like, I just don't buy it. Right, yeah. Um, like, in the casino. It's almost, like, funny. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it, the, um, the, um, I totally lost my train of thought. Anytime that they go over any kind of surveillance, especially like in the casino ones, mm-hmm. um, it just ugh, it it makes my head hurt watching them do that. It's just like this is impossible. It's like you please, do please, please don't do that. Yeah. There's also like we I kind of mentioned it in the uh, recap or the summary, but there's a uh-huh. point where Archie is able to like composite a person together, and I I need to rewatch the scene I guess because uh-huh. I don't really remember how he does it, but. He, like, pulls some eyes onto this person, and, like, they're wearing a wig and sunglasses. Like, how can you know what their eyes look like? Enough for yeah. Sarah to be like, that's the convenience store clerk. Yeah, that was a little weird. It was kind of, like, way out um, of the field. I wish there was another way to, for them to, like, identify the clerk as the fourth person. Right. Yeah, no, it's, uh, like, when they're, like, trying to, like, piece it together. Yeah, some of that, like, reconfiguring, um technology is yeah. a little scurry <laughs> it's a little yeah it does leave up to the imagination of like the person trying to right you know piece it together like if this took place now i believe it slightly more because we have but so like much better said, technology but like in 2001 yeah. like, mm-hmm. no it's not or there. 2002 or whenever this this aired mm-hmm. which i need to make a note i need to i've been meaning to make a note like when this actually aired mm-hmm. um so we can kind of compare with like i know it's obviously the early 2000s right now still but yeah um i'm Culturally, just curious yeah because yeah. like we know that the airplane episode that we did on Freely skies was pre-9-11 yes this is probably now post 9-11 i and think so, so too. like if we see an airplane again it's good to have that context is like what the writers are thinking and because of what we actually go through as a society um in real life yeah for sure um does kind of court because the the whole thing about like these crime shows and stuff mm-hmm. it is a look into how society is real real things that happen yeah there's some things we're just like oh, okay that was Anything a little involving technology uh, trying to dates itself it does for sure technology changes all the time uh-huh but yeah, the They're fashion, trying. The, the technology, it, it's just like a little time capsule, yeah, which is kind of sure. fun. Yes. So, there was one more thing with the quote-unquote technology. It's not technology, it's fingerprint powder. Uh-huh. So, when Sarah's doing the fingerprints in the convenience store, she has like seven different kinds of powder. She has like neon pink and green and yellow and blue. And she's like using, she's using pink or whatever. Uh-huh. And Catherine's like, why are you using pink? Like, I think she says either black or white is like standard or whatever. Oh, yeah. And Sarah's like... She's like, I just never get to use these colors. She's like, I wonder if I should use green. Oh, good lord! <laughs> because well, they're bored because they're waiting on David to come get the body. That's true. And yeah. So it was just really. Well, funny. that also is is like a flashback to the the prominent like pink powder that she used that in that bathroom. bathroom. Yeah. Because she loves a good bathroom. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I I can see her like, oh, let's just use a different color here. I kind of like it. I like Sarah yeah. being fun. And because I was also like, you've like been boring. using green this whole time, and you weren't. Like, what are we doing? <laughs> like, use like like don't use be such colors. a plain Jane. Don't be boring. Yeah. Um. Anything else that you've got for this episode? I've gone through all my notes. I believe. Yeah. No. I I think um 
it was definitely hard to kind of follow of like who's doing what. Yeah, you really had like to it like, was you had to really concentrate on the characters and mm-hmm. like really focus on like when they tie things back like oh crap this this happened over here mm-hmm. well then yeah so it was it's it kind of works your mind a little bit yeah I like I like, it, I like that too like, it's yeah. fun whenever they do that yeah because kind of keeps you on your toes literally while I was watching I was like I don't know who the heck like I don't know. like because you kind of naturally like oh yeah they're guilty you know like yeah. that's that's the person mm-hmm. but um, I do like when they keep kind of keep you on your toes yeah like just with that uh, suspense of mm-hmm. like that was a whole web of just. Yeah, and like we did get to the end, and I was like, "Well, there's nobody left." I was like, "Who else have they talked to that could have done anything?" Right, and I yeah. was like, "The state trooper at the beginning." I was like, it's, "He's literally the only other." It's person. those people that are like kind of in the background characters mm-hmm. of like they they're there, but you like see them at the beginning. Yes, yep. and then you just don't think nothing of it because of their status. Mm-hmm. Like he was a cop, you know. Like it's yeah, it's crazy. Yep, I do like the psycho- psychology behind like scooping everybody like that. Yeah, it's I'm cool. just trying to figure it out. So. So, for episode MVP, I did the whole team this time. For sure. Because they all yeah. come together. They all Everybody has a part to play in figuring this one out. Because it actually ended up being one case mm-hmm. instead of two. Kind of like the, um, what is it called? Unfriendly Skies. Yeah. Like where everybody's like kind of working as a team. Um, and I like what the show writers did. They wrote in like a reassess. Like, where they all get together and they all go over what they've got so far to kind of catch us up as viewers so we're not, like, so we're not so, so in the dark. scattered because those two, quote-unquote, cases do link together so it's one big thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so and yeah, it's a no. lot to keep up with in a 45-minute episode. For sure. So, yeah, no, I, I do agree that um, it's good that they bring the team together to kind of, like, recap, like, okay, crap, where are we at? Like, yeah. <laughs> so the whole like checking is, the people off the list. The of whole like, team is the MVP for yes, me, for sure. For sure. And what do we rate this episode? Um, I would say a four again. A four? Because the complexity of the of the actual, like, whole... What am I trying to the say? The case. There we go. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, how many people were involved in how, like, the story kind of came around. It just, yeah. I gave it a 3.5. And the yeah. only reason I did that was because I gave Lady Heather a four, and I liked that episode a little bit more. I do agree with that, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But they can both be four. Because I feel like it should be higher than a three point five. But they're they're four in a different category because I know that sounds really stupid because we only have like one ranking system. But <laughs> like I agree that like the intensity of the previous episode absolutely deserved a four. Yeah. But the it's a different kind of That's like true. complex. The character growth in the previous episodes deserves a four. Yes. This one there's no character growth, but the case is banging. So yes, that and the team more. actually, yeah. So there's like different dynamics yeah. of like our ranking system. I've I noticed, know. yeah. Because I almost said three point five, yeah. But then I was like, no, no because it like it's it's like a really complex like. I'm giving it a four too. Yeah, because I toyed with that. Yeah, yeah. No, I do agree with like because I almost said three point five, mm-hmm. but I do agree with that. Um, the complexity of each case, yeah, is a different ranking system of like what we're ranking it at. Does that make sense? Yeah, like, that makes what, total like, sense. like what you said, like this this is why we ranked it for in yeah. this episode. This is why we're ranking it. I wonder it. if we could like do that going forward. Because like I have this oh, thing yeah. where when I read books, I have a journal that I write about them in and I usually rank the characters, the plot, and the writing style between That's a one good and idea. five. And then I kind of take the average of that as an overall rating. Yeah. Let's start doing that. Let's do that. Because that'll kind of help us with our rating mm-hmm. system because it's not just do, like a generic. Five. Yeah. So we've got case. We've got K 
character development. Mm-hmm. Maybe we think on it. Yeah, let's think on it, and we'll, we'll, it we'll add like a little system. Yeah, I like that. Then we can average it, and then it can. That makes more, more sense. Uh-huh. But the other episodes that we've covered were a little more um, simple. Simple in mm-hmm. in that aspect of a, like a okay, this is like the ranking of this, you mm-hmm. know. But now that like this is building, yeah, the cases are getting a little more complex and like diverse, and, yeah, you know. So yeah, let's let's try to fix our. Uh, We'll redo our ranking system, everyone, yeah, to give you the most accurate rankings possible. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right. Well, anything else on? And then there were none. And if you have any ideas on like how we should rank um, different aspects, I mean, that would be a pretty good. Yeah, pretty good idea. Yeah. But I, now I do going back to the sorry, okay. like going back to the title of the episode mm-hmm. makes more sense mm-hmm. compared to the last episode that we covered. Um, like they've like. They're like checking off these boxes, like they're these people are dropping like flies, and like then and then there were none. There's like, three people that could have done it. There's two. There's one. And yeah. There's none. And like, that's how the Agatha Christie book is as well. You get to sense. the end and they're all dead, and you're like, well, who did it? They're like, well, shit. Yeah. <laughs> Which, if you haven't read it, then there were none. I'll just plug Agatha Christie there. Oh yeah, it sounds like uh, now that you mentioned it, I I would like to you dive into that. Alrighty. Well, we've made it through our second episode of season two. Yes, checking right along. We have got some doozies in season two so far. I'm really, really excited. Yes, for sure. Yes. Alrighty. Well, if you'd like to connect with us at all, head to our Instagram at send this to trace pod. Yes. I think so. <laughs> yes. I don't know. Yes, send this to trace uh, pod. Because there's like the way we have to uh, name them. I know, different. it's confusing. It's, yeah. Our TikTok is send this is at send this to trace. And you can also send us an email at sendthistotracepod at gmail.com if you have any episodes in between or ones that we're not going to cover on our top 50 rank list. Just send them our way and we'll see yes, what absolutely. we can do with some bonus episodes. Like we said earlier, we could literally do this like the entire entirety of CSI. Yeah, because we, we love it so much but yes. we don't have that time. So. so that's why we want you to like say, hey, let's mm-hmm. like do this episode or whatever. So, yeah. so we can like sprinkle in some extra. Mm-hmm. Little sprinkles. Yes. Alright folks, well we will see you next Tuesday for a brand new episode. Yes, thanks for following us. Bye. Bye.